And I can remember Richard Branson saying to me, because I have met him a few times now, but I remember him saying to me, Dawn, you know, if you, if you don't know how to do something, you, you say yes, and then you work out how to do it later. Welcome to the Legacy Roadmap Podcast, your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur. Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? To equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here, right now. Let's dive in. Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day, so we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com slash pro now and get started. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner? If so, you need to know about the Achieve Systems Business Building Membership. We are one of the best referral-based communities that wants to refer you. We help generate you thousands of leads per year. We also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards. We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today. Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family, and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur, public speaker, business coach, and qualified professional trainer. Over the past 20 years, Don Evans has developed a reputation for successfully delivering and implementing a variety of training programs. She has a vast knowledge of business experience and specializes in motivating, inspiring, and developing both people and businesses. Dawn holds a degree in education, an ILM 7 in sustainable leadership, and a degree in coaching and mentoring for entrepreneurial practice. Dawn has used three qualifications and put them into practice, developing Ajuda training services into the success it is today. Robert chats with Dawn Evans about entrepreneur by disaster. Watching her child nearly choke to death, she recognized the need for first aid training for moms. She has seen many needs that she could start a company to solve. She sees a problem, creates a solution by starting a new business. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah, me too, Robert. Me too. And thank you so for having me. 
Absolutely. We start each show with a guest just sharing their entrepreneurial journey and what led them to uh, jump into the impact they're making in the world today. Ah, well, um, well, I'll start by going all the way back to 2006. Um, and I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I spent many years before entrepreneurship um, working in, just working in a leisure center. I spent some time in the military as well. And um, it all happened with a choking incident from my daughter. And she, she choked on a suite. And basically we were in a play group and the woman there that day um, said, we wouldn't know what to have done if, if you weren't here, Dawn, because she went limp, she went purple, she couldn't breathe out, she couldn't breathe in. I was a trained lifeguard and I knew I had about three minutes to save her life. So I just went into straight into uh, lifeguard mode and performed the first aid protocol, the choking protocol on my daughter. Out popped uh, a wine gum, loads of vomit, and I saved her life that day. And then all the mums come and said, Dawn, you know, will you, will you teach us how to save our children's lives if they were in a medical emergency? Because we just wouldn't have a clue. So obviously I, I obliged and I trained all the, the local ladies and mums. And then I went back to the leisure centre and said, my, my boss said, Dawn, all the, all the staff need training, all the crash staff. We have a lot of young children here. So I trained all them. Um, and, and then um, I just thought to myself, well, actually, I'm really enjoying this. And when I was on maternity leave then with my second child, uh, my son, I went back to university and I got myself a degree in education because I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. And while I was doing my degree, um, the college lecturer, the university lecturer said, Dawn, you know, you've got all these great skills. Will you come and work for us? We, we could do with your skills in our university. And I said, great. And they said, you know, talked about invoices and, and day rates. I just said, what's an invoice? I did not have a clue about entrepreneurship, about invoicing, about everything that went with it. Um, so he looked at all my qualifications and said, the government are actually doing a course. They're looking for potential entrepreneurs um, and there's funding to promote this, you know, to promote entrepreneurs of the future. So I jumped on the course and I was given a scholarship by our government to set up a training company. Um, and that's where it all started from literally this choking incident. So then I went on and I trained the colleges. Um, I trained industries. Basically, we've trained over 100,000 people now in first aid and vocational qualifications. So it all sort of started, like I said, with this, this choking incident. And um, I obviously grew. And I, I, you probably know, Robert, when you go to customers, they like a one-stop shop. So I went to, to my customers with the first aid training and they said, Dawn, do you do food hygiene? Do you do fire safety? Do you do manual handling? And I can remember Richard Branson saying to me, because I have met him a few times now, but I remember him saying to me, Dawn, you know, if you, if you don't know how to do something, you, you say yes, and then you work out how to do it later. So I said yes to all these courses. I went on to LinkedIn and I was like, right, can I have some fire trainers? Can I have some food hygiene trainers and manual handling trainers? And all these applications come in. And before I knew it, I had 20 trainers. And we offered not just first aid, but over 100 qualifications. Um, and then I could go back to these companies. And then I had this one-stop shop of a portfolio full of 
you know, vocational qualifications that companies needed um, in order to comply with legislation. And not only did the companies need these to comply with legislation, these vocational qualifications had to be renewed every two to three years. So oh, now I have <laughs> now, yeah, oh darn. So now I have a rolling program um, and clients coming back and back and back, um, not because they want to, because they have to. So I fell into this vocational sort of training um, company, really. Um, and I just loved what I did. I had letters from all over the world of um, you know, people saying that our training had saved lives. And then the British Heart Foundation, who is the main, uh, you know, obviously, first aid charity in, in the UK. Um, they put me up for a Heart Heroes Award. We'd done some fundraising, other bits and bobs. And then before I knew it, I was in the palace meet, meeting Prince Philip and him congratulating me for all the work that I'd done. So that was a whole journey in itself. Um, so years rolled on and I just thought, right, I've got this company. Maybe I need to better myself, educate myself more. So I, um, I went back to university again, got another degree in sustainable leadership and employed more staff and the company grew. And then after that, I'm all into self-development. I, um, I come across a man called Kevin Green. Now he was on Secret Millionaire. Have you got Secret Millionaire in the US? The program? Uh, yeah, I think there, yeah, I think there is. Yeah, so anyway, so I went up to London and this guy, you know, he intrigued me. He had a, the biggest property portfolio, residential property portfolio in the UK. And I went on his course and I signed up to his coaching program and um, learned of him. And I'd, I bought my first property when I was 19 years old. So then he taught me that basically, why have equity? You can turn equity into property. So after that, my property journey began. Um, I turned the, the little house that I had um, from when I was a teenager, basically into five more houses that year. And then that grew. And then um, we, were, we were renting our offices from the local council. And this message came through the door uh, saying that they were going to turn it into a hub. And at the bottom of the message said, disembarkment of all existing tenants. I thought, oh, that's me. So then we bought our training center. I thought, well, if I buy my own property, this property game isn't that hard. I'll buy my own training center. So I bought my first commercial building back in 2012. Um, and that's where our home is today. And then I bought the building next door. And then I bought a few more buildings. And that's my property journey, really. Um, and that, so that was the training company. That was a property company. And then um, in 2014 came the events company. I wanted to get in my training into schools. And I thought the best way to get it into schools is create an event where all the teachers come. So I created the, the National Education Show um, and it became the biggest education event in our country. Um, we had 3,000 head teachers come in, 140 exhibitors, 50 seminars, and it just grew. And obviously, from that, I got more clients for my training company. So I interlinked my, my companies. Um, 
And then that grew. I could see the government pulling all the funds from education. So I thought, this is not going to last. Let's sell it while it's on a high. So I sold that company in 2019. And then I created the mental health show because mental health, what I now know was the next pandemic after uh, COVID. Um, that again became the biggest mental health event in our country. And it's still going strong today. We have, again, we just did our last show in May. We had over 3,000 uh, delegates through the door. All the local mental health charities, they come, the Samaritans, Mind, all the, all, all the um, UK charities there exhibiting their services. And in fact, the major players come up to me and said, Dawn, we're not even going to put on a conference because you now own this space. So that was a really good compliment. Um, but how did I grow that? In, in lockdown, I set up um, free webinars because I thought there's a lot of people out there struggling with the mental health, with loneliness, with depression, with anxiety. And I was getting up to a thousand people on, on my monthly webinars. And then obviously that gave me an opportunity to promote my events. So everything sort of interlinks um, with what I've done over the years. Um, and another thing I did in lockdown, actually, was I'm not sure what happened in, in the US, but 23rd of March 2020, our government said, stay at home, do not go to work, shut your doors. Of course, I've got a training center, shut the doors. So I had to diversify and get my training online. But I knew there was a lot of businesswomen in the UK that were struggling. So I set up a Facebook group and I called it inspirational women of the world and within six weeks I had 6,000 women in there um, so again I coached those women um, I, I'd got myself a degree in coaching and mentoring along the way for female entrepreneurship so I knew what I was doing and um, I coached these women and we, we released two multi-author books in, in lockdown they both got to Amazon number one bestsellers and I got new clients and new friends, and I helped an awful lot of businesswomen um, grow their businesses as well. So that was my um, diversification journey through lockdown. Um, and with all the proceeds of the books, we actually built um, a women's cooperative in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco, and I took a group of women to open that building. So that was really cool. So after lockdown finished, um, we did some really good stuff um, for, for the women of the Atlas Mountains. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 100K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit ownitcall.com and select a time that works for you. It's time for you to focus on doubling the 20% that creates 80% of your revenue. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So I've had a, a varied career, as you can see, in entrepreneurship, helping people along the way. That's my ethos. You know, <laughs> I've, always, I've always been a dreamer and I've always loved watching other people excel and succeed in life and giving them a lift up as well along the way. Um, 
but educating people to save lives is probably one of the, the best jobs, most rewarding jobs that I've done in my entrepreneurial journey and still doing today. Absolutely. Well, obviously it's incredible that you see a problem and you just create a solution and the solution blows up to something fantastic that has you in the palace and, <laughs> and, and doing incredible things. And so, um, so, so I love legacy, love the idea of legacy. Obviously your story starts with the legacy of your child choking. <laughs> and so tell me about what, what, what does legacy mean for you and your business and your family now that I you're think, this far along your journey? Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, legacy is what's left behind after you've gone. Yeah. And for me, I just want to make a positive impact on as many lives as I possibly can. Um, after I'm gone, I've, I've released some children's books, teaching children how to learn first aid. So that's part of my legacy. I've actually um, created the Ajuda Foundation now as well. So that's my legacy project. Um, and this, this foundation now um, sends people into the hard to reach communities throughout our country uh, delivering sort of mental health workshops, leaving resources, giving them training, tackling loneliness and poverty. So my legacy is already rolling um, and I've got you know, a team of staff that's running that legacy and I'm coaching them and I'm slowly, slowly making myself redundant from my own business um, so it can then run without me. But for me, I just want to leave the world a better place when I'm gone. I want to make sure that First aid is, is trained from grassroots, so that's why we're going into our foundation delivers free CPR training to school children. Um, it's called the Restart a Heart program, and that is part of my legacy. That program will run on long after I've, I've gone. Uh, another project that's running at the moment is the Purple Sunflower Project. Again, that's the mental health training into the hard-to-reach communities across Wales. So I've got two legacy projects already rolling. Um, the build that I've done in, in Morocco, you know, we, we funded that build, that building, a woman's cooperative. And then now I've trained the women in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco to become self-sufficient entrepreneurs. And they bake bread. And so when we say entrepreneurs, not the entrepreneurs like me and you, but they're, they're entrepreneurs in their village. They're baking bread and they're feeding their village. I've... I've I gifted them sewing machines so they can make um, cloths and sell them in the soups and fund and feed their village. So that legacy and those women will continue doing that long after I'm gone. Um, so that's another legacy that I've done, I've created. And obviously setting up a world for my children, setting my children up financially, educating my children and giving them a, a, a good start in life. Um, and yeah, that, that's probably part of my legacy that, that will be still going. And obviously all the books that I've released, they'll still be circulating long after I've disappeared too. Absolutely. Well, I love, I love the, the, the project in Morocco. One of the, so I visited 32 countries and, and I tell people the biggest challenge in, in every single country, including the UK and the United States is poverty and, and helping people to 
change their station in life is that entrepreneurship, microdevelopment, free enterprise, right? And and you said they're not entrepreneurs like us, and yet and yet they are. They can learn a skill and they can they can sell a, a good, they can solve a problem in the marketplace. And and even at a micro level, right? Like even starting with, you know, a hot dog cart or you know, making a blanket or the, all those things can can create a revenue stream that's completely different than than going to get a job or or serving as a servant or, or worse a slave in many of these places and so i'm a i'm a firm believer in the power of free enterprise to to change people's station in in life and so i love that you're educating and equipping and helping and obviously the first aid piece was so important and now you've added the the mental health piece that that is even more important it seems in our culture today um and so those those two pieces are are incredible legacy um to leave so here we we started there's a group um that's part of achieve that you're coming to visit and, and speak um they have a a mental health first aid class that they're teaching to companies and to others and and starting to to um, be more proactive, right? Helping people understand that, you know, mental health is, and first aid are, are hand in hand, right? There, we don't have to be um, reactive. We can be proactive in people's lives and, and solve some of these mental health things or provide mental health help long before it gets so far down the road where people are getting, you know, sick and, and, and having issues in their lives. So, Tell me a little bit of, I mean, obviously mental health and the lockdown and all the challenges that, that came out of that. So tell me about the impact of, of your mental health program and, and how, how is it compared with the first aid program, I guess? I think, yeah, I mean, mental health and physical health are both really equally important. Just mm -hmm. you can't see, you know, mental illness, can you? Um, but yeah, in lockdown, I, I started these free webinars because I realized that my staff were working from home. I had a few staff that were struggling with their mental health because of isolation, because of loneliness, stress, anxiety. People didn't know if they were going to lose their jobs, keep their jobs, when they were going to return back to work. Um, anxiety levels just went through the roof. So I started in lockdown doing these um, webinars and, um, you know, the numbers just kept growing, 300, 600, 1,000, 1,200. Um, and I still do them today, once a month. And, and I just facilitate them. I have big mental health charities, the Samaritans and all, all sorts of uh, great charities coming on board now. And I think it was really important to, to make sure that you looked out for people in lockdown because there was a lot of people struggling. And um, the, the webinars gave them an opportunity just to connect with people, just to realize that it was okay not to be okay. And, and all the things that they were thinking and feeling were normal. And I think if you haven't got anyone to check in, then you just start your mind starts playing games with you. So just checking in with people in lockdown was really, really important. Um, and I do a lot of um, conferences and I took one of my conferences online during lockdown and we had 
We had a big virtual ex expo area. We had avatars walking around auditoriums online. And I think that was really important, not just for the people who attended, for the businesses as well, to keep promoting their, their services. Because in lockdown, people needed their services more than ever. So I gave everyone a platform just to, to tell people that we're here for you. We're here with resources. We're here with advice. We're here with guidance. You don't have to you know, be sad on your own. You don't have to suffer in silence. So I connected a lot of people in lockdown. And, um, and I think a lot of people were grateful for that as well. And it wasn't just in our country in Wales. We had over 80 countries reaching out to us in, in lockdown. We had Indonesia, a university in Indonesia. We've got loads of people from America, from Australia, all reaching out and saying your your webinars really helped us during lockdown and we're really grateful so for that it puts a smile on my face absolutely well i mean the ultimate or the foundation of entrepreneurship is you know find a problem solve a problem right and 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 you seem to have a knack for for finding problems and creating solutions rather than um the tendency in our culture, at least in, in the United States, is to whine about problems instead of especially the things the government, well, the government should do that or somebody else should do that or, you know, they should have that or they should fix that or, but you see the problem and even you experience the problem in your own life and you say, no, more people need to learn this. I need to teach it. And then you, you went and equipped yourself to teach it. And then you equipped yourself to teach the next thing. And and so you didn't even have the solution. So I love that. I mean, the quote you said from Richard Branson, say yes, and then figure out how is, yeah. is so powerful. But so many people don't do it. So many people don't take that action. How do you encourage people to, to take action, to, to see the problem and believe that they could be the solution? I think firstly, Robert, there's a solution for every problem. You know, um, impossible. You split it up. It says I'm possible. Um, there we go. Richard Rinsen Branson is my idol, and even he seemed, you know, so far out of reach. But I, back in um, end of 2018, I actually went to Necker Island, and I spent time on his island with him, and then later got invited on his cruise ship for his birthday party. So I met him a few times, and that's because I dream big, and I want, I'm a go-getter, and I think, you know, for anybody out there who thinks that things aren't impossible, just dream big, set realistic goals, and you will get there. Where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, I willed my way all the way to Richard's Island. I sat there, he read my books, I chatted to him, and I got some great advice from him as well in business. So I think there's a solution for every problem. You have to bring dream big. You have to have a lot of self-belief. And I, I wasn't very well educated. I didn't do very well in school at all. Um, I'm, I'm very dyslexic, but so was Einstein, right? So is Richard Branson. I just think from, from any problem, there is always a solution. And if you look on the positive and your glass is half full rather than half empty, you will go a long way. Just set yourself realistic goals, achievable goals, and you will you will succeed. I'm just a normal girl who, you know, I grew up on a in a disadvantaged area on a council estate. I don't know if they call them council estates in, 
in America, but we were from a very poor upbringing, you know, rich in love, life and laughter, but, you know, poor, poor when it came to money. And I've just excelled because I've believed in myself and I've, I've seen that every solution, there is a solution for every single problem and self-belief and tenacity. And I give you an example, my driving test, I, because of my dyslexia, I couldn't work it out. I couldn't coordinate everything. I failed my test six times. I now can drive a car. I have my truck license. I have a coach license um, because I tried and tried and tried until I got it right. And, and I think a lot of people give up too soon. And the, the, you know, the secret is don't ever give up. If you want something badly enough, you will get it. You might not get it straight away, but you will get it in the end. Well, it's so true that so many give up too soon. It's uh, perseverance is a definite entrepreneurial necessity. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, if you haven't got the skills, you find other people who have got the skills. You surround yourself with people that are better than you or have got the skill set that you don't have. And then you learn to delegate. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I was guilty of this in the beginning, is they're control freaks, right? <laughs> and they, they want to do everything themselves. And I've learned over the years that you have to delegate to succeed. Um, and this, you know, one woman on her own can't, you know, train 100,000 people, but one woman with a great army can. And I think you need to learn to delegate. You need to sur surround yourself with the right people um, and, and obviously manifest and dream and you will get there. And everyone out there who wants to achieve, just make sure that you've got that self-belief, you've got that tenacity, You've got the the grit and and hard, plain old hard work as well. <laughs> Absolutely, hard work is is the is the real key to getting stuff done. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Don, we end every episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom. So, for the entrepreneurs listening, what would you share? Well, I'm just going to repeat what I just said. I would say <laughs> self belief. Um, get yourself a mentor, educate yourself, um, dream big. And when you do make it, remember to give back because that's really important too. Nice. Don, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been fantastic. I look forward to meeting you in person at the Achieve event in October. And uh, just so excited that you're going to be coming sharing on our stage. I'm looking forward to it, Robert. I can't wait. The flights are all booked. <laughs> and you will have the absolute best accent in the room so it's fantastic <laughs> i'm looking forward to it really i am i'm looking forward to meeting you in person too well thank you so much don thank you robert thank you for tuning into this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action these aren't just buzzwords they're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, Fish Out Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. 
in our next episode. David T. Fagan and Robert talk about the power of knowing when to quit. Quitters never win, but sometimes you have to know if you're playing the wrong game. You need to have the right conversations with the right people at the right time to be successful.